You know, the days of summer are winding down. We are easing slowly into the autumn, but these are pleasant nights where the air isn't too warm and not too cool. And it's just perfect to kick back and relax with a huge bowl of cereal the size of your head. My name is Justin McElroy, and I'm a cereal enthusiast. Uh, my name is Dan Goubert, and, you know, the first thing that springs to mind is, like, a, a cobbler of cereal. I like mm. to find cereals that are just getting onto their feet and really make shoes for them so that they can run. Welcome to the Empty Bowl. We're so happy to have you here. We hope that we can provide you with a little bit of respite, uh, a little bit of a calm place to center yourself uh think of nothing that stresses you out except well nothing that stresses you out and nothing period except the delicious sweet crunchy taste of that of my favorite food cereal dan is cereal your favorite food if you're to pick a food genre i mean i think holistically speaking when you integrate taste culture and you know historical impact then yes it has to be my favorite you got to you haven't devoted your life to any other food genre (laughs) that you know of that's true you could be the host of uh uh, the the webmaster of steakums.net or something (laughs) no i really keep my uh my falafel blog on the back burner Um, we were both in our heads trying to come up with food pun website names and came up empty. (laughs) (laughs) Empty. It's appropriate. Yeah. Um, so please relax. We have news, reviews, some, uh, words from you, our listeners and so much more, but, uh, let's, let's not waste any more time, Dan. Not that we have wasted time to this point. It's all important. It's all treasured. Tell me about the news. What's going on in the world of of cereal? So this was an interesting news week in that there there wasn't really an item that was just like, bam, here's a new cereal that's coming out. But there were some interesting interesting things that transpired and are still transpiring. So I really expedited this headline to the top um, because just a few days ago, the official Ego Twitter account tweeted very casually, just out of the blue, that if they get 10,000 retweets on this specific tweet, they will bring back Ego Cereal. Now, for those of you that don't know how the internet works, that means that they're going to bring back Ego Cereal. <laughs> <laughs> no one has ever decided to do something based on retweets, right? That doesn't, yeah. this isn't the way these things are done. Yeah, just based on my understanding of the cereal industry, it takes months of projection and they do like, you know, uh, focus groups way ahead of time and surveys just to find out whether an idea is even valid. So the thought that they're just going to wait until this gets 10,000 retweets to put all of those, you know, subtle mechanisms into motion is pretty ridiculous to me. They're kind of just fishing for the attention. But the problem that I see is that they're they're really not even close to 10,000, and, and uh, like interest in it seems to be petering out already. <laughs> Maybe in this case they actually won't <laughs> bring it back. Well, well, here's the thing. Leave it dead. I don't... 
I'm gonna be honest here, I don't remember specifically much about Eggo cereal. I know, obviously, that it was meant to be, I guess, like a nemesis for Waffle Crisp and just a direct competitor for Kellogg's to do against Post. But I don't really mm -hmm. remember it tasting any different. But it ultimately doesn't matter because now that Waffle Crisp is gone forever, I feel like we just need to fill this void. And Kellogg's has had some missteps lately, so if they can do this, they can, they can probably get back on the whole, you know, cereal audience's good side. How was the how was Eggo maple syrup cereal? I'm not sure I ever had any. I mean, as far as I can remember, it just tasted like Waffle Crisp, which is you know one of my top three all-time favorite cereals. So sure, you know, birds of a feather deserve to flock together in my pantry. Um, they're at like 4,500 retweets at the time of uh, us speaking. So if you're listening to this, maybe we can give another kickstart to the efforts and see if it actually even matters. Or don't. Because you're not a tool. Here's a good way to, to do this. Bring it back, and if people want it, they'll buy it with money. Don't loop us into yeah. your, your games, Ego. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of inclined to to trust the people who are commenting on it and say they'd rather see them bring back the Lego-shaped Egos, and I, <laughs> I, I just have to fully support that because that would probably be way cooler. That would be pretty cool. Um, one cereal that no amount of retweets will say... It's sugar cookie toast crunch. Yeah, this is really a tragedy because if you've been following the story of sugar cookie toast crunch since its inception, you know that it was wildly popular when it came out. It's basically just cinnamon toast crunch, but more buttery, less cinnamony, and really just so good. Yeah, just <laughs> it's really that, powerfully good. Hitting that sweet spot quite literally of things that you can't perfectly describe, but you just know it's good. And it got it got like a cult. Uh, following essentially in the snack food and, and broader cereal community but uh, very casually again General Mills responded to someone's inquiry this year about sugar cookie toast crunch saying that it will unfortunately not be returning for holiday 2019 which is just heartbreaking to me we deserve better than that as a people they're just I don't know I get that the type of people that listen to a cereal podcast probably aren't the statistical majority of cereal consumers, but you gotta throw us a bone once in a while. How much do you lose by giving us that spark of hope? Yeah, they didn't... Th th that's what's so wild. If you think about it, they didn't have to get on the internet and say that it wasn't coming back. They could <laughs> just say... No one, needs to, no one needs to plan around a cereal that they... <laughs> joy coming back or not coming back it is literally just like someone was excited about the idea and they're like we have to squash this we, we can't have people getting excited about this i'm hoping secretly uh, like silver whining silver lining wise that they're gonna put something else sweet out there in the cinnamon toast crunch line for holidays i've been harping on gingerbread for a long time oh so that, that would be so that would good probably be the only thing that could make up for Sugar Cookie Toast Crunch not appearing again. Um, and uh, one more, uh, one more big story this week. I wouldn't really call it a big story. Big. It's one I'm more. It's, it's one I'm more embarrassed. Story. Yeah, it's one I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't find out about earlier because it apparently happened like over a month ago, um, and I didn't find out until uh, I had a rare bout of cable TV access and I saw a commercial for it. Mm. But lucky. Ch Lucky Charms has introduced three new unicorn marshmallows. So if you recall, uh, 
Recently, they introduced the new Unicorn Marshmallow uh, to great acclaim. It is a very nice marshmallow, aesthetically it's great speaking. Great looking. It's, it's a feat of engineering, I would say. <laughs> yeah, there's three different colors. There's you know full articulation, kung fu grip, all that. <laughs> but this time, they've introduced it just three new colorways to the unicorn. And we, we've seen this recently when they did the three different colored rainbow Lucky Charms. And now the unicorns are getting the same treatment. So I just hope that... My fan favorite, uh, the shooting star, will get its chance in the spotlight next. I wonder if the number of unicorns has increased as a result, or the pre-existing number of unicorns has just been uh, quadricated between these four different designs. I have to hope that there's more of them, because I think the one uh, you know, shining point about the unicorn is that it's much bigger than the other marshmallows, so you really get mm. that increased surface area of marshmallow satisfaction. Um, so I'm, I'm fully in support of the, the unicorn marshmallow continuing to reproduce. Uh, if the unicorn marshmallows ever really learn how to reproduce, we're all done for. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got three, uh, I would say sort of unconventional reviews uh, this, this week. Uh, before I get into them, I wanted to ask, Twinkie cereal. I look for it every time. Do we have any idea when that's due? We don't have any more news that I'm aware of. I, okay. they, they might have shied back from, from dropping it immediately after it kind of leaked and we all blew up the internet about it, but mm -hmm. I'm hoping that it wasn't just a false alarm and that we actually get that soon. Alright, cereal reviews. What do we have first? So... The first is a continuation of last episode's Kellogg's Extra Extravaganza, mm -hmm. um, and the component to Cinnamon Crunch Crave, which is Strawberry Crunch Crave. And I mean, I, I don't know if it bears repeating, but we say it every time that Crave isn't for everyone. I get that some people think it tastes like pet food, even though you should never feed it to your pet, <laughs> but I'm a Crave fan. Uh, there's, there's literally dozens of us, and I really enjoyed Strawberry Crunch Crave because it really does strawberry and chocolate better than any other cereal that I've tried so far. Why is that? Because it hasn't been attempted often, and the last one that tried it was the, the Cap'n Crunch's Chocolatey Berry Crunch, which really, quite literally, just left a bitter taste in my mouth. Mm. Um, so I was surprised and happy to see that Crave is able to redeem the formula because I think chocolate and strawberry is a very underrated combo in cereal, and giving it that really candied, jelly-like texture on top of the Crave, it's, again, very soft and powdered. Um, I think it makes it a much better complement for the chocolate inside than when Cap'n Crunch was just kind of randomly throwing those different pieces in there. Hmm. But I think overall, uh, I saw other people, like in the comments and in other blogs, saying they didn't care for it, but you're really missing out if you don't go into this bowl with your spoon already filled with peanut butter. That is what I'll tell you. Okay. You gotta go for that perfect PB&J, chocolate-covered strawberry, and chocolate Ooh. peanut butter trifecta. It's kind of a holy trinity in, in terms of cereal. It's a, maybe, maybe a mix of this with like a peanut butter crunch or some, some Reese's? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I personally feel that strawberry, chocolate, and peanut butter is kind of just a perfect triangle in terms of mixing. 
Uh, how would you rate um, 7-Eleven's cereal sweets bar in in the uh, the pantheon of uh, cereal inspired treats? You know, it's a lot different than anything I've tried so far. I, I will say, I would put it on the the higher end of average. So, um, these cereal sweets bars, 7-Eleven Seven Select Subbrand uh, has released three different cereal and confection bonded bars, uh, one of which is simply cinnamon and milk chocolate, which to me was too boring, too obvious, kind of tired of cinnamon. Um, they had fruity rice cereal, which is, which is pebbles to the non-contractually bound amongst us, um, and white confection, which is okay, okay, interesting enough. But then they have fruity hoops cereal in pink confection. And the very existence of pink confection is enough to draw me to any edible treat, let alone one that involves cereal as well. What a wild name for something. Pink can fruity it is literally called Fruity Hoops Cereal in Pink Confection. It is wild. Yeah, if you look up Pink Confection, there's not even really a lot of info surrounding it. There's like an old New York Times article from 1962 extolling the the romantic virtues of pink confection. But I think in this case, for 7-Eleven, it's not so much romantic, but it is, it is about right for what you'd want from a cereal and chocolate or chocolate-esque bar, because they really pack it full of this little bits of not really Fruit Loops shrapnel, and though they go pretty heavy on like the raw sweetness of confection, like you know, you know those, those I don't know if they're lollipops, but they're on a stick, and it's usually just, like, Santa's head during Christmas yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It tastes exactly like that if you, like, took a turkey baster full of Fruit Loops milk and just shoved it right in Santa's cerebellum and went ham. So kind of like, um, like a lollipop, right? Like, it's a white chocolate lollipop, that kind of vibe? Yeah, it's something you want to more gnaw at than just... Right eat immediately because it's a lot it's super sweet but i think as a like a next to the cash register impulse buy i'm guessing i got the best of the three i can't say for sure but i think it's worth a try if you have somebody else to eat it with who can take the burden of saccharine impact off of you alone well from uh fruity loop fruity uh uh fruity hoops to fruit loops (laughs) Uh, you've got a new a new varietal of the uh, the Fruit Loops. I have tried this one, and I feel like you are spot on. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I need to pause. This will be a stress free show. Is, remember, this is a no bummers podcast, so I'm going to elegantly dissect the fact that birthday cake Fruit Loops, though it's not entirely new, it took me a while to get to it, represents kind of the worst of the cereal industry right now. It just made me frustrated. Because Mm. you look at Kellogg's specifically, and they've released a lot of just sugary ring cereals, often with a little bit of a... a little bit of an ambiguous fruity twist to it. We had unicorn cereal. We had Peeps cereal. We had Catacorn cereal. We had Toy Story cereal. And now we have Birthday Cake Fruit Loops, which basically just tastes the exact same as the rest of them. Just one note, and one is being generous, one note's sugar impact that the fruitiness of it, it says it's supposed to be strawberry in this case, but it just does not come through, and it 
it just leaves me really sad. I can't really recommend it to anyone. We have seen, as you sort of touch on in your review, we've seen so many takes on this exact form. I kind of bemoan the lack of innovation with with regards to serial um, shape and construction um, more than flavoring, which, of course, there's always big leaps for it in that. I, I feel like we don't see a lot of innovations for it in, in serial construction, and I feel like Fruit Loops, more than anything, have been... Um, uh, injected with uh, a, a wide variety of flavors that don't really change the effect that much and aren't really that um, notable. The exception, of course, in my book would be uh, Wildberry Fruit Loops, which are um, out of control good um, and worth worth every penny. I said on uh, Twitter that they should change their they should be able to change their name to Fruit Loops. And Fruit Loops should be called Worst Fruit Loops because they're not as good as Wildberry Fruit Loops. But then you have the birthday cake. You have what? What was it? Carnival Berry that the Toy Story did. Yep. Uh, got Baby Shark <laughs> coming oh. down the pipe. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to those, and I, I I did not enjoy the the birthday cake. I feel like birthday cake is a specific. I don't feel like you can just say strawberry birthday cake, right? Birthday yep. cake is a specific flavor that I think has to give you a bit of that buttercream and a bit of the sprinkle. I think those are the two things you're signing up for with with birthday cake. See, the problem then is that between birthday cake cookie crisp and the Melto Meal Cold Stone Creamery birthday cake remix cereal, I mm-hmm. just don't think cereal is a natural fit for the birthday cake flavor. It requires too much subtlety to pull off in, you know, such a very, I don't know, blunt and impactful medium like cereal. It's just not necessarily the best fit, and putting strawberry on it doesn't really, you know, put a bandage on the wound here. To to follow your example, I'd recommend just taking wildberry Fruit Loops and pairing them with donuts, maybe, if you want to get that fruity cake flavor. Yeah, I think that the donuts, um, or you know what, I could make an argument that pig donuts is a better mm-hmm. simulcra of strawberry birthday cake. See, that's what upsets me most is that Kellogg's really nailed it on the first try with that pink donut cereal, and just ever since, it's just been like a dark mirror on that, getting blurrier and blurrier every time until we end up with something like birthday cake Fruit Loops that I just cannot bring myself to keep eating. Uh, what we can bring ourselves to keep ingesting is your voicemails. If you go to bowl.rest, you can find a link to uh, leave us uh, some voicemails. We asked you uh, a, what was it, Dan, uh, specifically snack treats, snack treats that are cereal-based. Yeah, I pretty shamelessly promoted my own birthday and said that if you were to bring a cereal-baked good to a party, what would be your secret recipe? Mm. All right, so we'll listen to these and then... Uh, Dan, I'll give you some time to come up with our, our question for the, uh, for the following week. But uh, let's, let's enjoy those now. Hello and happy birthday, Dan. Um, my family cereal recipe is either extremely common or it has just saturated Appalachian culture to the point wherein it is a West Virginian staple, but... My favorite is peanut butter chews, wherein you just mix light corn syrup, sugar, peanut butter, and frosted flakes. 
and cook it into just a gooey mass that you let set and then you chew it. It's real great. Hello, Dan and Justin. I don't have a recipe involving cereal, but if I can, I'd like to encourage you to make graham crackers at home. I would never have thought to do this myself had I not worked for a pie shop that made their own graham for the key lime pies. It is a simple process, and the smell that fills your house is unmatched. The result embodies everything you love about boxed graham crackers while completely blowing them out of the water. The color is richer, the flavor is deeper, and if you're like me, you'll like them best if they are burned just a little. Thank you for this wonderful, relaxing podcast, and happy birthday, Dan. Hi, Dan and Justin. My name is Emma, and the cereal baked good that has been most pervasive in my family's recipe book is what we like to call healthy Butterfinger bars, even though they are definitely not healthy. These involve a base of some sort of flake cereal mixed with peanut butter, sugar, vanilla, and butter, and then topped with a layer of melted chocolate. We usually used Wheaties, as they were my brother's favorite to have around the house, but we experimented with different types of flakes whenever they were available. I love this recipe because even though the cereal is not the star of the show, it provides the integral crunchy, flaky texture, which makes the bars so good. Thank you. Hi guys, uh, this is Megan from up in Canada. Uh, I had been thinking about what recipes I use cereal for, and I couldn't think of anything that you hadn't already mentioned in the episode, but I did think of something when you were talking about your cereal lattes. Um, I like to have cereal in the morning and then take my cereal milk and make a nice hot tea, and then I complement the flavor of tea I have with the flavor of cereal I've had. So if I have a chai or cardamom French toast black tea, I pair that with uh, cinnamon toast crunch cereal milk and the like. So I thought you boys might want to try that with your coffees so you could use your cereal milk to make your cereal lattes. Have a great day. Bye. I love that idea. That's fantastic. Um, Can you speak to the the West Virginian recipe that was yes. mentioned there? I, mean, I have seen. You see, uh, uh, P, she, she referred to them, I think, as PB chews. I have or peanut butter chews. I have heard them called uh, cornflake chewy for mm. a long time. You can actually see uh, uh, there's a company called Kimball's uh, that you go to. A lot of places in the South will have uh, just a product labeled. Uh, old old school cornflake chewy mm-hmm. that you can just like buy buy by the brickful um and that is actually pretty close to my recipe if i could share what my personal uh cereal recipe is and this is one that was actually like passed down from my mom to me it's one i end up making every holiday um and it's very easy because you basically are gonna do um rice crispy treat recipe with the butter and the uh, marshmallows you can find this anywhere and then um mixing cornflakes instead of um rice krispies and then add green food coloring into it and i take the entire batch of stuff and i shape it into a wreath uh, that i set onto wax paper and just shape it into a beautiful wreath for christmas and uh, put in some red M&Ms to act as like kind of like holly berries and uh, (laughs) make it it's just a festive treat that I can enjoy the entire holiday season long if you want you can make a bunch of small ones Um, but I I think it's more fun to just have a big dumb cornflake 
uh, wreath. I've had had them every <laughs> Christmas for as long as I can remember, but uh, that is my that is my personal favorite. You know, being on this show really just puts me into another dimension, but I can definitely remember you talking about that in a recent episode because I remember going to the cafeteria in my workplace and seeing multiple prepackaged cornflake wreaths in sort of a refrigerated container and it just that's wild i wanted to imagine that you made all of them because who else could know who else could know about that <laughs> i want to um, see a lot of pictures of corn fl- cornflake wreaths this holiday season if you are so inclined please yeah i don't, uh, I, I don't have a specific cereal recipe myself but it really brings to mind the one time i tried to make homemade golden grams and really just set them on fire in my oven so that should give you a brief but succinct picture of what i'm like as a cereal chef (laughs) uh let's uh let's move on to um mascot makeovers it's a segment that we oh wait before i move on actually you have a thought for what people can call in and and leave us for with uh voicemails wise for the next episode yeah i had a good one so i don't know if you know but on tinder they let you set an anthem for yourself mm. you okay. know just a song that really embodies you and your spirit so i want to know what people's anthem serial is like if you were to do an autobiography okay. but you're only allowed to pick a serial rather than write anything <laughs> what would you do to best encapsulate your entire history that is fantastic what a wonderful that should be the first question Anybody asks anybody forever. I think that is the best. <laughs> anthem cereal is like the best idea I've ever heard. So, yeah, let us know your anthem cereal and why. Um, I want to do a lot of those. We should just do the entire episode of anthem cereal. <laughs> um, uh, tell me about this, uh, this story that you found that made us want to return to uh, uh, mascot makeovers. Uh, so, we got a tweet recently about. Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up right here yeah, really like quick. Cocolicious Crisp, a chocolate-flavored <laughs> crisp rice cereal. <laughs> See, this is from uh, Twitter user Max, but digital, uh, at Snorday. He said, hi, ha- er, sorry, huh, have you seen this before? Uh, and it's Cocolicious Crisp. It is a, a sort of Cocoa Krispies or Cocoa Pebbles store brand from Laurelin, which I've have not personally heard of, but the mascot on it is just absolutely ridiculous. I'll have to retweet this when this episode comes out, but he appears to be some sort of furry, brown furry raisin or perhaps uh, animal heart. And he has a very slack shot expression. He looks like quite the doofus. Um, he has several yellow tentacles as well as his leg just, just appears to be chopped off. Um, I. I was just thinking about cereal mascots, and I've just never seen one like this that's just so, like an eldritch terror, but in like a cartoonized sense. <laughs> it's, it's unclear whether the yellow bowl that he's eating it from is actually his hand, because that might make the whole creature, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So, so basically that led me to the question of if you were to design a store mascot for a cereal, um, what sort of generic version of cereal would you choose and who would the mascot be? It can be anything. So I have to take a cereal, the, the cereal pieces, and turn them into a mascot. Is yes. that where we're at in, in, 
in this program. Strip it down to the archetype of that cereal. It has no name, no brand or family association, but you need to give it a new face. Um, I think I would do grape nuts. It's a good but choice. It's, but they would. It wouldn't just be individual pieces. It would be a sort of Sandman esque. <laughs> figure assembled from grape nuts that could take any form and it would be kind of a high energy thing for kids that would really appeal to them kind of like the genie from Aladdin you know just changing forms and doing a lot of great voices always maintaining that the grape nuts uh, crunch and uh, uh, <laughs> healthiness healthy healthy vibe I would say of grape nuts <laughs> And terrible name, lest we forget. <laughs> yeah, I think I would do sort of the, the Cap'n Crunch Crunch Berries archetype and really just assign it the... So if Cap'n Crunch is like sort of a nautical antiquity, then I think we need to give a futuristic sort of, you know, robot ship captain who is really just, you know, bent on destroying all relics of the past to secure a brighter future for his own crunch berries. We're talking <laughs> not a jolly character, no one who's going to crunchitize you, more likely to punchitize you. It's, you know, um, Android Sentinel Platoon Leader Munch. <laughs> now, is he a representative of the Captain Crunch brand, or is he sort of his, on, his, on his own? You know, he was actually sent back in time, I think, to stop Captain Crunch from, um, you know, just, okay. you know, splitting Wait. too many Crunch atoms and right. causing the, a dark future. The, the Crunchinator. <laughs> um, uh, I, I've had such a wonderful time uh, recording this, this episode. I have, because of a Google search looking for... Uh, cereals. I found myself on the page for Wheaties Dunkaballs. You ever see these things? No. Oh yeah, they're, look them up real quick. They are a Wheaties spin-off cereal that look like basketballs. And they don't just look kind of like basketballs. They look exactly like tiny basketballs. And I, I remember this cereal very fondly. It was a wild time for everybody. Dunkaballs. Dunkaballs. Dunkaballs, which you would think it would be. Yours makes sense because it makes it more of a cereal thing. Mm. <laughs> this is not related to cereal. Dunkaballs is it, not related to cereal. It I don't might know. just be a distant cousin of Dunkaroos. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, uh, thank you so much for listening to our program. We we sure hope you've you've enjoyed yourself and. And have found a little time to, to relax for yourself. Uh, we have uh, a website that's at bold.rest. It's also where you can go to uh, leave us a voicemail, or you can go, it's a great place to start to subscribe or rate the show. Um, uh, what else is on my mind, Dan? Uh, you can email us at mail yes. at bold.rest if you have any, any questions that you might like us to answer. Um, oh, and two, we need we should start crediting uh, the wonderful music that comes along with this yes, podcast. I mentioned it a few times early on, but we're trying to get in the habit of mentioning it every time. It's always in the post, but uh, the sun is scheduled to shine is the music, the sort of um, 
interstitial music that you hear uh, on, on every episode. That piece is called The Sun is Scheduled to Come Out Tomorrow by Chris Zabriskie. Uh, if you'd like to hear a seven minute long version of that, you can find it on YouTube uh, or wherever fine musics are sold or not sold because it's creative commons but still uh it is it's a lovely piece uh we're we're also on twitter empty bowl show at empty bowl show is us if you want to follow us sorry i was gonna say that everybody should should play that track aloud and you know just make their own little empty bowl with a close a close friend or loved one and make a blanket for it get some cereal and do your own empty bowl uh folks thank you so much for listening uh that's gonna do it for us for this episode so uh, until next time, uh, on behalf of Dan Bear, I'm Justin McElroy. And as always, don't forget, don't forget to drink the, the milk. milk. Worst. The worst one we've ever done. I still, I still enjoyed it. There's joy everywhere. <laughs>